Hello all, welcome to the Consistently OK podcast, a podcast where we dive into all things pop culture related from comics to films and everything in between. My name's Luke. I'm Nick. Join us every week for a podcast that doesn't set its far too high or too low, but rather keeps it at a consistently OK level for your enjoyment. This episode, we're going to talk about the Arkham game series from Rocksteady Studios. So we're going to dive pretty much straight into that. But first of all, how are you, Nick? I'm all good, mate. How are you? I'm good as well. I am good. Good, I'm, good. Uh, still, uh, still working hard. Not, uh, not ice isolated in a in a home like many other people in the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All is well. Surrounded by plenty of comics as well. You know, that's that's what you Surrounded want. Surrounded by comics as always. Yeah. Reading yeah. Uh, every opportunity. Reading a comic. But, uh, yeah. but I'm very excited to talk about the uh, the Arkham series and the reason that we chose to talk about this now, um, even though. It's, it's always been our, our agenda to talk about it is because of uh, a few weeks ago, there was the DC fandom, which was really enjoyable. And there was obviously a huge reveal. Well, it was two, two big reveals, actually, yeah. um, which we're going to go into, which was the Rocksteady Games finally announced their next game, which is set in the Arkham universe, which is the Suicide Squad uh, Kills the Justice League. Um, and also a sort of sister studio with Warner Brothers Montreal, and they've announced Gotham Knights which is not set in the same universe, but also very linked. It's like the same characters, basically. So yeah, um, we'll talk about that further down the line, but I guess we'll start right at the beginning with, uh, with the Arkham game, the first one that came out. Unless there's anything you want to say first, Nick, before we jump right in. No, I'm actually I'm really excited to talk about the Suicide Squad and um, the Gotham Knights, just because we've not really spoken about it since it was announced. So, no, we haven't. Um, Just a couple of a couple of texts, I think maybe. Yeah. But it's uh, it's interesting. Like I said, yeah. we'll we'll get there. But yeah, we'll I was get there. Especially with the Gotham Knights thing, hmm. I was so excited. And then I'll tell you my reasons for why I felt a little bit uh, <laughs> unexcited. Uh, yeah. uh, but but I've come I've come around a little bit now. But we'll we'll get there. But um, but so Rocksteady Studios, not a not a huge studio, a gaming studio at the point when Arkham Asylum released, which was 2009. Oof. Uh, a long, long time ago, it feels like. Interestingly, with Arkham Asylum, I actually, I was a huge gamer uh, when I was a teenager. I'm now in my very young age of the early 30s, uh, 33. And uh, I've got all the aches and pains of a 80-year-old, though. But I, 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 had, a, I had a PlayStation. I, had, I was more of a Nintendo player when I was younger and I had a PlayStation I had a PlayStation 2 but I kind of lost track with all of all of the PlayStation stuff for a while I just had the Nintendo stuff and then I was actually at home one day and I I, I saw the I saw the announcement um, announcement trailer I guess on TV for Arkham Asylum and I thought oh my god that looks really good I just kind of dipped my toe back in like reading up on it what was going on in the world at university I had one of my best friends was he played a lot of Assassin's Creed and everything. And I kind of played it a bit with him, but again, didn't own my own uh, PlayStation three at this point. And I actually had a bet with my mum, uh, and she, she, we had this bet going. And if she, if she lost the bet, she said she'd buy me a PlayStation three with the Batman game. And I <laughs> thought never in a million years would this, would this happen, but she lost the bet. And to be fair to her, um, <laughs> she actually did. I'm going to seem very entitled now, but she did buy me a PlayStation three. Impressive. with the batman game and i was in i was i was i again out of this world for a little bit of these kind of games you know you go from mario to something like arkham asylum and uh i didn't have any background knowledge of rocksteady studios or the creative team or 
you know, I knew Kevin Conroy was doing the voice. I knew Mark Hamill was doing the Joker's voice. So I'd, I'd read up a little bit of that. And I remember sitting down to play it. And the first, the first scene is basically the Batmobile tearing through. The, actually, I think he comes over the bridge in the Batmobile with the Joker in the back. And you walk through Arkham. And it's my first real experience of um, sort of opening credits during like an in-game scene, basically. Like you're actually, you're moving as the Batman Joker's talking to you. The credits are rolling at the beginning and then you just, you're just in, you're in the game then. And for me to step into that as, as a, as a big Batman fan, it instantly, it like had this uh, huge, like is rapport the right word for the game. I like, I hit off with this game. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm, I am like, I'm fully in this game. I am invested. And I just played it. I played it continually until I had done the game. Basically, obviously I slept ish. <laughs> it was it was fantastic it was my first taste of trophies as well in a game a playstation game and i remember thinking oh that's nice what's that trophy for and then going back again and again in the game but the the opening scene which is what rocksteady had done with all the arkham games was 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 great it was uh it was really enjoyable and uh do you remember it off the top of your head yeah so i um i came to it quite late because I think I remember seeing it advertised and 2009. So probably 2009 time, I was probably a big kind of Halo. I was an Xbox gamer. Um, was being the word that I've switched to PlayStation. Not that there's some weird war, but you know. Anyway. There is. Um, we hate you. <laughs> um, so I was very much a first-person shooter kind of gamer at the time. And I think my first experience of Arkham Asylum was seeing a friend play through it. And I just thought, wow, this looks really impressive. I think I was initially skeptical when I saw the trailer because generally, I think up to that point, a lot of superhero games were just a little, a little clunky for me. Um, except for Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 2 is a crowning Great. achievement. But Is it though? Is it, I mean, if, you, if you look at it now, if you go on YouTube and you look at that game now, is it as good as it, you remember it looking? We we don't do that though. It's like uh, you know. no no we don't think about yeah. that. It's like looking back at WD no, no Mercy, which is the best wrestling <laughs> game ever, as far as I remember. But when you look at it, you're like, was it that good? But yeah. it, it was. It yes. Yeah. But yeah, so I sort of approached Dark Asylum quite late, and then picked it up after seeing a friend play it, and the I didn't actually know that Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill voiced it at the time either. That came a little bit later. I think it came to the point probably like halfway through playing it or whatever. I was like, I sort of recognize this world and not sure why. And then researching, I was like, oh, it's basically just the animated series. Because yeah, Paul, Paul Dinney actually, yeah, he's, he was the writer for Arkham Asylum. Um, was the he? guy who, yeah. Oh my yeah, God. He, How do I not he know was that? The, he, so he, he, wrote the, he wrote the script for Arkham Asylum and he had, I think him and Sefton Hill, who was the Rocksteady I don't know if he's he's like the Neil Druckmann of Rocksteady. I don't know if he's director or I think he's the game director generally. And he they co-wrote Arkham City with someone else, and then he wasn't involved in the others. But Arkham Asylum, as far as I know, and maybe I am wrong, he was the main sole writer for this game. He obviously had some notes thrown at him, but yeah, he he wrote it, and obviously he had he was the main guy who got the animated series going. He wrote episodes of that, I think, and obviously several comics. Yeah. Um, that's crazy um yeah yeah so i sort of just approached it through a friend really um and then yeah it sort of hit me that 
the world felt familiar because of the animated series. And then I remember thinking throughout it, I was thinking, this is a good game. I, I wasn't at the point of this is a great game until the scene where you see Crime Alley. The bit where you're walking and then you just suddenly get hit with it. And that whole kind of segment really impressed me in terms of the writing, but also just the development of the game that they could take you to the origins of this Batman, but within the confines of you stuck in Arkham Asylum, that they didn't take you out for like a flashback or something. It's sort of, you do go through it. And I was super impressed with that because I just didn't feel like I'd experienced that sort of storytelling before in a video game. But, and this is me looking back at it retrospectively as well. In recent years, I've sort of come to the conclusion that with comic book adaptations, the, with Batman, like every character, I've got something that needs to be there for it to work. And with Batman, there's two things. One, Gotham has to feel gothic. It has to feel like Gotham. Can't feel like any city in America. It has to feel like Gotham to me. And the second one is that as much as there is an argument people don't want to see an origin story for Batman. His origin is built into the DNA of who he is, but you can't. You have, yeah. You have to put it in there. Yeah. Somewhere I mean, to make, to make this, uh, I mean, we saw it in, um, we saw it in the film Joker, didn't we? The very, at the end, yeah. towards the end and stuff like that, they probably went back and forth to Todd Phillips and, uh, and the people writing it. Like, should we put it in there? But I don't see anything against it. I agree with you. I think you have to, put it in there and it's I think it's the way you put it in there there's a very basic way you could do it and it just seems like it's another you're just telling the same thing again but if you do it in a special way like they did in Arkham Asylum like uh because it was the scarecrow wasn't it It was his toxin yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. if I remember right and he's uh Batman doesn't know he's been or he knows he's been uh, attacked but he doesn't realize that he's uh got the toxin in him and he's imagining everything and it's so uh you know, I think it's like there's a bunch of lightning and you're in one room and there's loads of lightning, but you're obviously you're in the confines of Arkham Asylum and then yeah. there's bodies there and they're like they're in they're, they're in body bags as well in one bit in the morgue. Uh the Bruce's dad, Thomas Wayne and everything. It's it, yeah. I, I agree with you. I I think you have it's it's good to have that stuff in it and it's if that's the bit that switched you on with Arkham Asylum, it was such a clever way to 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 make that happen, to put that scene in there. Yeah, it's it just really out for me as well. Yeah, it, it just added so much weight to it that it went from being just a Batman game to way more kind of character piece. That having that moment done in that exact way, you sort of then suddenly felt the weight of this Batman. And I always think that's oh, interesting. It made it feel like a story. I mean, you can see how well it was written, obviously, the game, yeah. but it felt like a proper story. It didn't feel like a button smasher. Like you're going through the motions, you're Batman. Yes, you're trying to track down the Joker. There were so many, there were so many layers put in quickly, um, and little Easter eggs as you went through. But that that part was pivotal in making it such a like making it a really smart story and making you feel a bit more than it was just you being Batman beating people up. Like add a more emotion to it. It was it was really good. I I wrote that down as talk about earlier, but I was like. Don't, don't let it be the first thing you say. Like, don't be like, so I can sign them. How about that Bruce Wayne <laughs> death, crying alley scene? So I'm glad we waited a little bit of time to get there. But it's it was huge. And that is, yeah. I, I would be the same if I was watching someone play that and I saw that bit, I think I would be buying it the next day and being like, right, I have to see what happens next. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah it's it's just such a brilliant piece of writing to put especially because i think it's like the middle of the game as well or maybe even the final act it's it's definitely not early on no i think it's probably about halfway through i think there's a lot of like earlier like you know get like victor saz and you've got like taken down henchmen you're obviously learning the mechanics of the game i think it's when you when you first come across scarecrow relatively early on it's when it starts to move forward and then i think that's somewhere in the middle and then you have all the you know a lot more of the titan stuff um in the third act yeah um, yeah i just going into it like oh you go sorry i was just gonna say i, I think it's it's a real testament to the fact that there were the whole series from one to to three feels i don't know whether it was like this but it feels like it was built up and that they knew they had uh, a story for a trilogy and that moment is sort of your first pinpoint as to the the sort of journey this bruce is going to go on the journey that this batman's going to go through and i i think that's a really smart decision because when you get to that kind of like ending and you start to then wonder about what's next you're left with this resonance of the character you're left with the emotional impact that um i think up to that point anyway very few superhero games had had and i i think that's definitely definitely kind of one of the I mean, absolute tests. i can't I, I can't think of a superhero game that had that sort of uh like almost thinking ahead like uh like um, we're gonna make a there there are probably are some other but off the top of my head I can't think. But I mean I know for yeah. a fact through replaying Arkham Asylum and reading about it, they had you know, there are rooms in Arkham Asylum that have maps of Arkham City and they had the Easter eggs yeah. of Arkham City built in and in Arkham City they had things leading into Arkham Knight. You know, so they definitely had a game plan. And the fact yeah. that it's structured in a way that you're in Arkham Asylum and you kind of you can see in the distance Gotham. Yeah. So you want to be in Gotham, but it's like Ark they built Arkham Asylum, so it's pretty big. Uh, pretty big area to cover yeah. and then you get then you obviously you get arkham city which is just a quarter of gotham um so you're still you're, you're out of the asylum you're in this bigger space and then the third one they're like right here is gotham like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I only wish you could go back like i wish you could have gone through like i wish you could have gone back to read i actually do you go back to the asylum in arkham night I can't. I, don't think I haven't played the DLC, so I don't know if you do it there. What, Nick? You were supposed to play the DLC. I know. So um, there is a running trend with this that both yourself and Harry, one of our friends, has been telling me to constantly go and play the DLC, especially the Mister Freeze part of it. The um, Mr. C DLC is Mister C. Mister C. Mister C. Mister C. <laughs> Mister C DLC. Uh, the Mister Freeze DLC is 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 well worth well worth your time yeah. but we'll get there we'll get there. let's not do what i always do and that's jump way ahead of myself <laughs> yeah. and again um but we won't we won't talk about asylum much more because you know it's the the older game but yeah. it was it it was a great game it's out of all the arkham games including arkham origins which isn't a rock steady game it was the second best uh received game in total did, did better than arkham knight but not as good as arkham city um, better than Origins I think for its time it was quite I don't know if groundbreaking is too too big of a, a word to use but it was for me anyway as a player it was pretty groundbreaking as a huge superhero fan a huge Batman fan I definitely um, think it, like sorry to interrupt there I, I definitely think it is because the 
the gameplay of it, I hadn't experienced a third person uh, like beat em up with that sort of gameplay. I think it's it flowed fantastic. The mechanics, yeah, the fighting. The... There are some games where you get in and you're like, oh, like this is such a grind, and this is just so. Uh, see this a bit like uh, uh, I know we've said already off the podcast, but what we hear about the new Avengers game, like it's a bit of a button smasher and everything like that. But the the, the flow of the game, like the damages, the you know all, all the bits that came, the the predator uh, tactics, like you know being, I mean that's such a such a fucking cool thing to be as Batman, like hiding up on a gargoyle, waiting for someone to come across you, and then going down head first snatching them up in your cape, give them a smack and tie them up. That was endless fun for me. I was just like, I'm going to go back in that room and I'm going to not be caught, not be seen. I'm going to get rid of everyone. The mechanics were great overall. And I I think that's pretty groundbreaking is you play a lot of games now and they have the same, you know, the same ideas and stuff like that, like kind of flows the same way as the way Arkham Asylum did. I think they definitely set a bar for how gaming mechanics and those kind of games could be. And they only polished them more and more, obviously, as the series went on. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that was super interesting about the series as well, is that after playing Arkham Asylum, you kind of think, how do you... Well, normally with a sequel, you update the gameplay, there's something different, it kind of refreshes it. But the gameplay in Arkham Asylum is just so fluid that going into the next kind of two games, there are updates to it, but it's not necessarily... Well, they update the weapons, don't they? Yeah, the that's, that's itself, it. The rock steady studios. There wasn't much they had to tinker with them, which is fantastic mm. for them yeah. because that gave them more time to focus on the world they were building, the script, characters they want to put in, like what else can this character do in his move set and stuff. And it wasn't like it wasn't like they had a bunch of criticism. They're like, okay, when we get to the, the next Arkham game, we're going to redo it all. It's going to feel completely different. And you know, again, people could have criticized that. It was so well received. That when they got to Arkham City, they were like, "There's not much else we have to do here. Like, yeah. we we'll throw in like a tight a tightrope thing." And obviously, because it's Arkham City, obviously he could glide a bit more. Whereas in Arkham Asylum, there's a lot of roofs and there's only the courtyard bit and the asylum where you're sort of free to to glide a little bit. Yeah, um, which is still great when you got there. But I, I think I'd, I think it was fluid. I think it was. I still enjoyed. It. I played the remastered version a couple of years a year ago, maybe whilst it was a little bit glitchy because it was remastered i don't think it was completely polished it was still fantastic like it felt the same it felt the same as it did when i played arkham knight like it not much had changed cool. so but a really really good game asylum was fantastic it was i loved the it's hard to really judge anything but i loved all the little side stories i love the fact you could go around and find little tidbits about other villains uh, like you could go by the cells and there would be you know, there's like links to Clayface and stuff who's in Arkham City. And like there was notes in some of the cells saying like the Mad Hatter was here and, and some villains that show up later. Just very smart, very clever. I loved, I loved the Joker. I loved the Scarecrow. I loved, yeah. like I said, the way it was written. And I think the only thing that was a bit of a miss for me is the ending with Joker turning into this big Titan monster. But obviously they had an end game there because that situation is basically Joker's storyline in Arkham City that he's completely riddled with this yeah. Titan overdose which brings us into City unless there's anything you want to talk more about Asylum? Yeah no this just goes into City completely I, I think it's 
that mad titan thing was definitely why i kind of felt like let the game down a little bit you sort of get into that third act and then it's it felt just like a big beat him up with like a yeah. really kind of beefy villain that i just didn't have the connection to but then you are right that that completely sets up city so you have to kind of go through that to set up what you get in city and city's storyline is amazing because of it because you present a joke that's gone through that with arkham city then were you were you on board straight away is it something that you you knew you were going to get right there and then i was ready for arkham city i was so i was so in i i had prepped i had read everything i could i'd found out who was writing it It was paul dinney and sefton hill and some person i can't remember now (laughs) did a very good job whoever you are um I actually, I actually got in touch with Rocksteady as well. I was such a fanboy of the Arkham Asylum game, and uh, nice. I had this wonderful signed poster from all the all the crew that worked on it, including probably the person who helped write the story, whose name uh, is gone on my brain. <laughs> How did you but, get that? Uh, That's amazing. I was, uh, I was at this time. I was quite new to Twitter as well, and I was very much like. I think I can just get in touch with whoever I want to get in touch with and see what happens. So I actually went, I was on, I started following Rocksteady and um, I, I talked to two or three people that were working on it and I was like, I see if they get back in touch and they all actually, they all did. They all responded. I was like, Asylum was fantastic. Like it got me back into PlayStation. Um, and I talked with one of the, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was one of the designers or not. And they, they basically said like, Oh, like, thanks. Thanks for your infusion. Like where, where are you from? Like, I'd like to send you something. And, um, and she did, she sent me a, this Arkham Asylum poster signed by all the team and like a keychain, uh, which broke after 24 hours. And, uh, yeah, it was super, super nice. That's uh, crazy. so I, uh, so good. So anyway, but I, I was, that's how in I was like, I'm not saying like I was like stalking Rocksteady Studios, but I just moved to Brighton in England and I was, uh, I was, I was just about to start a job, but I was a few weeks out from starting it and this, this game had come out. It was about to come out and I was like, oh, I have to get it now. And I, I was just in, fully in, like again, like Asylum, but even more so like, I'm, I'm so ready. But were you, were you, were you, not like yes. that crazy, but were uh, you? The first day it came out, were you playing it? Were you yes. excited? Yes. I uh, Can you remember what year it came out, actually, before I say this next I'm pretty time? sure it was two years later. I think it was 2011, which is why I'm going to talk later about Suicide Squad being a bit of a piss take. But yes, 2000, okay. 2011, yeah. Yes. So I was working at Game when it came out then. Um, and working there... You just sort of see all the build-up for it. You go through the pre-order phase. You go through the marketing phase. You just kind of see everything for it, which I think intrinsically helps you to just get excited for it. Yeah, this English guy phoning you every day. Where's my copy? Yeah, where is it? Oh, um, so ready. In fact, just complete side note here, but I'm pretty sure I only ever served you in game like once. I'm, I'm pretty sure. What? Yeah, I know. Um, I just I have this one vague memory of being like, it's Luke. Oh my God, he's here. Um, but so, I'm a man who moves around. I'm yeah. in Norway now, aren't I? So, yeah. uh, I just lived in every part of England and I was like, right, I'll, I'll see what's across this bit of water. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, uh, yeah I didn't go there that much. I don't know why. Because I had a game card that had loads of points on it. I think I was just a, an early online shopper. 
you just heard I started working there and you were like, oh, I can't go there anymore. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, to be fair, I did, I did get my copy from Game, actually. I remember it was because I just moved to Brighton, like I said, and I remember going in there and they were like, yeah, we didn't put your special edition aside. I was like, you what? <laughs> so, um, but I did, I did get one in the end, but the original one, yeah, they hadn't put by. So Oof. anyway, anyway, you're yeah. in Game. So I was you're in excited game. about everything. Yeah, really excited about it. And I think at this point as well, I'd started to read more comic books and more graphic novels and just sort slowly start get getting immersed in that kind of world because it was probably a year before I started to write uh Snow the Dawn, maybe. Yeah. I think that was twenty twelve that we started to write that. Um and so you should I plug it, Nick. You should plug it. Where can you buy Snow the Dawn? Oh anywhere. Everywhere. Anywhere. Dawn everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, so I I'd sort of started immersing myself in that world, and so because of that, the game I, I felt like I was relating to the game more. That I was kind of going, oh okay, I can kind of see a style of it, like an art style, and I can get a sense of um, what they could do with the character past Arkham Asylum. And Arkham City was a new concept as well. As far as I know, they hadn't done that in the comic books at any point. The thing about Arkham City, just we'll obviously go back, but you say about um, new, new new designs and stuff, but for me, one of the biggest selling points for Arkham City pre-release was that Hugo Strange was portrayed as the main villain. Yes. Um, so there will be spoilers for people who haven't played it, which if you haven't, very shameful on you. Yeah. But Hugo Strange, he's such a good, he's such a good character uh, in, in the comics as well, and he's barely touched upon really, but he was the big the big bad in the trailer you know he was like i know your identity and that for me was all that that almost sold it straight away for me i was like i've never i mean like i said there aren't many huge superhero games out but the fact they chose such a such a like a random villain uh in terms of what they could have done yeah obviously they had loads of sub villains but you know you half expect joker to still be the main guy that they promote which he was very slightly um you know razal ghul probably would have been a you know, I mean, 2011, I think by then Batman Begins was probably, yeah, Batman Begins was way out before that, wasn't it? That was so yeah, early on. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises was probably just you out. So, you know, Ra's al Ghul was already a, a more of a name yeah. that some people wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, they could have gone, again, Penguin was in it, but he wasn't a, he wasn't the main guy. They, a lot of choices they made, but Hugo Strange was such a unique choice. And I remember seeing him in the trailer and thinking, nice. Like, yeah. I am... Um, I'm more in than I was two minutes ago. So, yeah. And it's uh, a really nice trailer as well. I actually watched that just before we started podcasting. Um, such a good trailer. So good. So good. Yeah. It's just really, really clever. And I think he's a smart villain for a video game as well because he's the kind of villain you can take on over 20, 30 hours kind of thing, however long the game takes. Which... Well, I didn't actually think of there was going to be a twist either with him generally when oh, okay. I played it. I was, uh, I didn't really think much of it. I thought, you know, Joker was involved and he was involved. There's like two two main villains already. There's, you know, and all the Ra's al Ghul stuff had happened. You know, it was, he had his own bit, which is such a, again, it was clever writing because there's little tidbits throughout his bit to suggest that he is the main villain. But he, yep. not once when I was playing, was I like, oh yeah, he's going to come back later. I was like, so long Ra's al Ghul. Like, yeah. I'm off with, your do- off with your daughter. But uh, yeah. such such a good game. Again, one of those games when it starts, when you're walking at the beginning, when Bruce Wayne's comes up to the podium, Bruce Wayne's, what's wrong with me? Bruce Wayne's. Bruce Wayne's. Bruce Wayne's. Yeah. He comes up to the podium and then he, you know, all of a sudden you're in city and then you're locked in there and you're walking through the credits and 
You know, you yeah. see Penguin and he's this, isn't he a Cockney in it? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's a Cockney. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the opening is really impressive because it sets the tone for the game. It's the introduction yeah. back into that world. It's like, welcome back, but things are slightly different. As well as, you know, they, I guess they, they peaked the graphics a little bit as well. So you've got a bit more of like a... Yeah, I mean, instantly. The first bit I remember when you get the... Al- Alfred sends you the tube. I don't know. It's got your suit in. Yeah. Um, and you get that on and then you're at the rooftop and you can see Town Hall, which has Toothpaste and Catwoman inside. But you don't know that straight away. And then you see the scope of what Arkham City is. And yes, instantly the graphics have had a, big of a bit of a boost. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it really did just sort of introduce you back into that world at an elevated level. It's kind of, here's where we're at now. And also then it sort of, you... Uh, I think post finishing the game, you start to think if that was the opening to the middle game, what they're going to do with the third one when what we're in the Yeah, yeah. And that, I, again, they, they had little Easter eggs about that as well. And you're right; that's you're already thinking like the next logical step is Gotham. Like, yeah. what is that going to be like? Yeah, it's so impressive, and also then just the the scope of Arkham City. Like Arkham Asylum felt like there was a lot to do, but you still felt constrained by the fact that it was just the asylum. But I think in turn that sort of adds to the sort of the unsettling feeling, I guess, a little bit, that you're just sort of trapped in this place with these people. Arkham City feels huge, still with that same restraint where you're a bit like, oh, I'm trapped in a city with all of these people that are just going absolutely nuts. But it's got clusters of villains. It's not just you sort of go through a, an asylum, you've got to go to different parts of the city and each part has a different feel to it based on which villain. And I think that, again, is just a testament to the writing that it's kind of, they've crafted a game that's very much based around the villains. And I think that's always a smart decision with Batman is... Yeah, the rogue, I mean, it's what, it's, I mean, Spider-Man's a bit of a rival, but Rogue's gallery-wise, I think Batman is it's the one in there. It's everything, yeah. Yeah. everything in there. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. Um, there you go, Arnie, mate. That's what you want. Best. Best. I wish they released a mod for that where you could have replaced Mr. Freeze with the Arnie Mr. Freeze. Just I'd to be all that. over that. Yeah, I, would, I was disappointed with Gotham Knights when they had Mr. Freeze in the gameplay, and I was like, "This looks nothing like Arnie." <laughs> yeah, the best, the best <laughs> Mr. Freeze there ever was. And ever um, will be. Ever will be. Yeah, he's best. Um, <laughs> But I, I loved, I loved the, I loved the sort of factions in Arkham City. I loved like there was like a Joker area and a Penguin area, um, yeah. and a Two Face area. I loved, I loved the fact it didn't take the piss either of having to wait to see these villains as well. Like within the first like hour of the game, you've come across Penguin and Two Face. Catwoman's involved. I loved again, so good with the side villains like the Mad Hatter. Like again, such a villain that they probably you wouldn't come across in many other games, but you know, super trippy bits with him with the, the rabbit masks on and everything yep. it's a really good game again that is the best received game out of the Arkham series um, and I definitely can see why because yeah. you know it didn't it was already the mechanics were pretty much polished already like we said it's a huge step up from Arkham Asylum it's not yep. sort of uh, you know Arkham, Arkham Knight which we'll talk about has the Batmobile and stuff in which took a lot away from a lot of the Batman part of it like the yeah you know on your two feet on the ground but this had everything it had the story the villains 
yeah. bigger space. It was yeah. it was very smart. And I, you know, when I did play it again, I, I played it a lot, like a lot. And I, uh, I, I definitely think it's probably one of the best games I've ever ever played. Yeah, it's it also just thinking about that when you were saying it with Catwoman, the fact that they gave Catwoman and took the time to give Catwoman a story. But it's not just yeah, exactly, yeah. like an add-on. It feels like it's integral to the plot. Um, yeah. But it's at that point, the world building isn't just about Batman, which I think is the other thing that Arkham Asylum kind of did or built the the kind of tracks for anyways to kind of say this game is going to be about developing all of these people. It's not just this but, main character. But you're spot on because they do that with it. Like Harley Quinn, she has an arc. Yeah. A bigger arc than I think most people would think, obviously, with you know the first, she has... I guess a minorish bit in the first one, but she has a huge bit in Arkham City. Even yeah. after Arkham City, where there's little Easter eggs with the pregnancy tests and stuff, big part of Arkham Knight. Obviously, yeah. a big part of the future of the Arkham universe in this this world. Yeah. Even like Mister Freeze, even as much. I mean, I love that character, and he had a you know he's had DLC spiral from Origins uh, Knight, and he had a big part of this one, uh, Arkham yeah. City. Yeah, uh, and I think as well. well just talking about kind of like looking at how they, they built towards a sort of final game. One of the things that really surprised me with Arkham City, which again was sort of something that I knew about because I'd read about it before playing the game, like I'd read comic books of it, was introducing Azrael. Yes. Fantastic. That, again, within but, the first five minutes, he's there. Like, yeah. When I went back the second time, he's there watching you. Such a smart, yeah. like, just as, you know, as a Batman fan, like we are and stuff like that. the little bits like that that you see when you see a character like Azrael, and you know you know what he means to these to the Batman comics and everything. And you just see him, and he, he's just there, and he, you know he's testing you and all that stuff. Just so yeah. smart. It's just it's also he's also one of those characters that I think isn't necessarily in the the same wheelhouse as like the general public of when they think about Batman villains. No, he's a very kind of a bold choice to go. Here's this character that generally people aren't going to know. So when he's talking about, you know, Batman being something not necessarily good, you're kind of like, what does that mean? And if you're a comic book reader or, you, you know, you're kind of in that comic book world, then you kind of go like, oh, they're building towards something that is pretty gnarly. Like they've got a, yeah. a good scope with it. And I think that was just such a bold decision to make. Um, Definitely. And he speaks, Azrael speaks about like Gotham being on fire, doesn't he? That's what yeah. he says towards the end. And, you know, Batman's like, what the fuck's he on about? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah but it's, again, so it's good. huge. And he's, he's in Arkham Knight, isn't he? Like, yeah. I've played Arkham Asylum a City since I've gone through Arkham Knight. So I, but I remember having him, he was in it quite a bit of that, I think, several times in the story yeah. anyway. I think you play as him, don't you? Am I right in thinking that? can't remember. I, I seem think, to feel like I did some. I seem to think that Batman's actually testing him, and he's like, "How he's having like yeah. these rooftop fights." Fights, yeah. I think. Yeah. Anyway, great city is a great game. I loved, like I said, the story. I loved the fact that Paul Dini was on it. He's really, mm-hmm. one of my favorite writers for Batman as well. Um, yeah. And it was great. It was really good. And they, like I said, they they linked into Arkham Knight. Is there anything you want to say more about City before we? Uh, no, I, I think that's pretty spot on i think city is just a super impressive game they took really bold storytelling choices 
again, it's that sort of retrospective stuff that I think the more that I've started reading the character of Batman in comic books, you really see what they did with Arkham City. It's just super impressive for a video game. And it's one of those things that, like, this is a bit of a side tangent, but it's not. With Nolan's Batman trilogy, I, I love Batman Begins. Dark Knight, I think, has good moments and then Rises is okay for me. But I think that's built out of the fact of just then reading so much from the character in the Arkham games that they do things that aren't in those films that I wanted. Yeah. But had you spoken to me before going through all of this kind of like learning about, you know, the character in the comics and playing the Arkham games, I would have said that Nolan's interpretation of Batman is amazing. It's only yeah. just retrospectively having gone through stuff. And that's where you really kind of look at something like Arkham City and you go, okay, that's something where they've gone. This is going to hit fairly mainstream uh, because it's going to be, you know, a fairly big console release and PC release, but you're going to encounter characters and encounter storylines that you might not expect you would. And I think that's just yeah. amazing. It's, it's really, really yeah. impressive. All of that. I agree with everything. I think, I think, I think it opened up the city as well, just how much they went into Batman. I, I picked up the Arkham City comic as well. I don't know if you read that ever. Um, I like a tie-in comic. And that was the first time I experienced that as well as a comic, like a game and a comic tying in together, like two, two of my favorite worlds, basically. Yeah, I read the first issue. And I think, yeah. I think I read the first issue because I feel like game were giving it away free with the purchase of the game. I think, that was... I, think it did, I think it did come with a game at game. Yeah, game with the game, game at game. At game. Yeah, because I've still got it in my comic book collection. I keep flipping through it. I'm like, why have I just got one single why, Nick? issue? I actually have a spare of the graphic novel, which you can have, Nick. It is yours Ooh, to have. My gift to you. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. One thing, just completely off track, but when you said about Dark Knight Rises, I had a flashback to us at a pub in uh, Stratford when I was... Uh, we weren't arguing, but there were strong choices about how excited I was about the Dark Knight Rises compared to how excited you were for Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> uh, I still love yeah, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Garfield. And you were like, no, 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 it's going to be this. I was like, what are you talking about? And I'm a huge <laughs> Spider-Man fan. And I was like, it's Dark Knight Rises all the way. And I just remember my oldest brother was sitting there like, like, I just want to see both of them. But we were both so like, no, 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 you're way, you're way off the mark. And I remember walking home that night with my brother being like, I don't know what Nick was talking about. Like, how, could he, how could he not want to see The Dark Knight Rises more than Amazing Spider-Man 2? Um, anyway, just a story sidetrack. So we've both completed Arkham City. We're waiting for Arkham 3. But Curveball, Warner Brothers Montreal step in. They want a bit of the action. And they come in with Arkham Origins, which I was very excited about as well. I think it came out two years later. So we had... 2009 was Asylum, 2011 was City, 2013 was Origins, and Arkham Knight came out in 2015. So obviously the reason, I believe, probably a lot more time to develop Arkham Knight, um, which was their first game on the PlayStation 4, I think, so they have a lot more to work with. But Arkham Origins is like a, you know, a bit of a middle ground, so you get something. Probably the best trailer out of all the Arkham games for Arkham yep. Origins, with Deathstroke uh, fighting Batman. Also, not just that. Sorry to, to cut in here. So that trailer is amazing with Deathstroke. It, it's just phenomenal. It is basically just a mini Batman animated film. But there's a TV spot, which is 
I don't know if you remember, it's the one where it's like, it shows Bruce going through the ages. Yes, I do. And he's like a kid and then he's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like 50 seconds long, but it's yeah, yeah. utterly amazing and captures so the good. essence of Batman, captures the themes, captures everything. I consistently look at that and just think that is... It. Yeah, it's, it's everything that yeah. Batman is. I think this studio, because they did a lot of promo before Gotham Knights was announced. They've been doing it for a year with uh, Court of Owls symbols and everything like that. So I think one of their strongest points of the Arkham Origins thing was the promotion stuff. And I think that's why so many people were into it with the game though itself. Again, I was very excited, like, uh, you know, special editioned it, all that stuff. Great statue. Great Batman Joker statue that came with it. Good man. Um, but I, I was a little bit disappointed. I did think there was a lot of glitches with it. That was the thing that was disappointing when I actually played it. I think I was in a bit of a, I don't know where I was in the world. I think I was in between. I think I think I was maybe in between England and Norway at the time. And I remember I think I played it sort of when I wasn't here. I was back home, and I was playing it on and off. Um, and because there were so many glitches, I lost. I didn't lose interest. I completed it and everything, but it didn't resonate with me the way that Asylum and City did. I wasn't like, all right, I've got. I can either sleep. Or I can play Arkham. <laughs> like, oh, I'll play Arkham yeah. instead. But with this, it was like, I can I'll just go to sleep probably. Got to get a flight in the morning. But because it was glitchy and it was, it felt like such a dark game as well. It was very, it didn't feel like the lighting in the game itself was great. I know it was set Christmas, like the snow effect looked good. But I mean, I remember one point just falling forever, which was a glitch. And you couldn't get out of it without turning the game off and then you're back. And I remember it happening like three or four times in a row. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember like two of the Riddler trophies that were hidden. Uh, there was a glitch, so you couldn't actually get them. And I was like, well, this is great. I really <laughs> want that trophy for no reason at all, but I want it. But glitches aside, the mechanics work very similar to Asylum and City, even though they felt a bit more heavy. And the story was, was, was really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, again, I didn't know how the Joker was going to play into it. I knew he was in it because of the statue and stuff. I didn't expect the twist uh, that happened with Black yeah. Mask. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I think I only ever played it through once. I think, which is probably why I don't have loads to say about it. I remember the glitches. I remember the story being great. I remember the voice casting bothering me before I played it because I was like, right, it's not, um, it's not Kevin Conroy. It's not Mark Hamill, but Troy Baker is very, very talented. He's great in yeah, pretty much awesome. all the things he did. And he did a fantastic job with what he, what he had. Yeah. And I, I like the fact they kept some of the villains, like Killer Croc, but the same. I think the only thing with the villains that would annoy me is that they didn't feel as... The boss battles were better, but they didn't feel as fleshed out as the other games. It was very quick. Like, Deathstroke was supposed to be a huge part of it, and he was done and dusted within minutes. Yeah. Across him. But how did you feel playing it? What were your takeaways? Yeah, I, I think I actually came to it quite late, and I can't remember why. I can't remember if it was a case of... I, I knew it was a prequel and I don't know if that in some way not put me off it but I was more like I'm less interested in it than a sequel knowing it was a different studio as well I think sort of delayed me purchasing it and I, I remember even thinking like the trailer looks amazing I should really get this but I think it came out at a time when there were other games it sort of launched yes. in that like October period and there was like a whole bunch of the games it was that's another reason I remember that is spot on because i was just thinking 
there must have been more than me just traveling but it was there were other games out at the same time i think uh i can't remember what they were there's probably an assassin's creed or yeah, something going there must on have been something out that was because it was GTA. GTA. I think that was one of the games that was out at the time. Okay. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. But but that was the thing. It just sort of it never it never landed on my thing like on my, on my console until maybe like a couple of months afterwards. Yeah. After it came out, and I'm a huge Christmas fan, and anything that's Batman put at Christmas is my jam. Was uh, like Shane Black. Yeah, it is Shane Black, isn't it? He makes yeah, all these films around films Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just absolutely love it as a setting, um, and especially for Batman and Gotham because I think Gotham just suits snow. So when I eventually came to it, I definitely, I think because I'd had that delayed reaction to it, and because I'd sort of built it up in my head that I was like, this probably isn't going to be as good as Rocksteady. I think I actually enjoyed it way more. Yeah, probably because the expectations were just lower. Um, had I bought it on launch and been really hyped about it, don't know. But it really impressed me. And again, it was because of that kind of storytelling that I just, I, I don't know if I'm at the point now where I can play a game that's glitchy as long as the story's good. Like I can kind of forgive it for any glitch as long as I'm not, it's not like impeding me going through the story. Like if I was playing a mission, I kept getting to the same point. It was like not working. Then I'd go, this is awful. Yeah. But if it's just the odd one here and there, I can kind of forgive it if the storytelling is really strong. And I felt like in Arkham Origins, it was that case, especially with Black Mask. Like Black Mask, again, a villain that I was just kind of thinking that's a really smart idea to do for an earlier Batman story. Yeah, it was because he's not, because Batman wasn't as established at that point. Yeah. So it's a good villain, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, he's a really smart villain for that. Again, it's not. Uh, Obviously, there's what you can say is more. Obviously, I'm just interrupting you, but in terms of what we said about like the other characters and stuff, and also being their stories being well done, the one person story, obviously, in Origins that was very well done was Joker's. It felt just as much as a sort of a Joker origin story, which it was, than just the Batman's story because it wasn't Batman's yeah. origin, was it? It wasn't like him being, yeah. uh, it was like his origin is he started out as Batman and this is what's happening. Yeah, but Joke, there was there's such a huge part probably the thing that I love most about that game uh, was the Joker bit when he's, uh, he's been arrested and you see him in the, I think he must be in the asylum yeah. and he meets Harley, Harley Quinn for the first time. And that whole like nut house bit was just really so, good. Like, yeah. Really good to turn him and put him on that path to he always wants to be because Batman saves him, doesn't he? If I yeah. remember right, they fall yeah, through yeah. glass and Batman saves him. He's like, like, why didn't you kill me? Or he's like, no, I don't kill. And Joker's like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, it is, yeah, it definitely feels like the origins part of it is more for the villains than Batman. And I think that's the the smart choice that they made because it, it, it lines up with the series. Like I was saying, the whole series is sort of about the villains. It's about his rose gallery. And Origins fits into that so storytelling was anyway so well that yeah i just i think i felt that the game was on par with the other two or maybe maybe more on par with Arkham Asylum because i think the city just the scope of it was just amazing but again it, it possibly just because i came to it late i don't know it maybe it was it was that for me i think on the opposite side to you the glitch the glitching on it did ruin it for me i did i wanted like a complete experience of like start to finish 
really enjoying it. And I was, I think I was disappointed because I completely overhyped it in my own head. Yes. The other studio thing put me off it slightly. And so did the voice casting change, but you know, I was, I was in from the moment I got like, like I said, a small fortune on a special edition, all the stuff beforehand, again, the art books and everything. And I, I was ready to go and just so many glitches when I played it. And if anything, I wish they'd done it when they remastered Asylum and City. I wish they remastered Origins as well, but obviously there's probably too much to do there. But I would actually really enjoy playing it again, I think, now. But because I've only played it once and my PlayStation 3 is in a better place just until it comes up again, I'm not, I'm not going to play it, I don't think. But yeah, I'm surprised to hear that you... I mean, I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the story, but... It just it just missed missed something for me sadly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was just because I wasn't as as hyped up about it as I guess for Arkham City. I was it, like Arkham City. I was definitely kind of hyped, and you know, if that had come out and sort of been not, I think if Arkham City, if I'd had that same level of hype for Arkham Origins, then I would have been a little bit like, oh, it's not yeah. as strong. But yeah, I was I was just really happy with it, and again, it it also just gave me two of the best Batman trailers like trailers were i mean that's yeah. the thing it's like dc films for me the trailers just man they're good aren't they they're really good sometimes the films a future yeah. podcast yeah. we will talk about this yeah. but sometimes it just doesn't work out <laughs> but it didn't take me long to not be hyped about arkham again don't get me wrong when i finished Origins, i was like that was a good game but it's not the same as asylum city because a year after that they announced arkham knight 2015 they released arkham knight this time we're all on our playstation 4s having the time of our lives i think did you have a playstation 4 xbox one nick yeah um i made the poor choice there so arkham knight i was if i was hyped and ready i don't know why i keep saying hyped i rarely ever say hyped in my life (laughs) but i was hyped and uh i was good to go i was I, i had moved to norway uh completely i remember i had ordered the Again, the special edition. I should just <laughs> stop getting everything to go with it. Had it shipped over, and I was, uh, oh man, I, I bloody hell, I, I, I really liked Arkham Knight. Not as much as I liked Arkham City, but I didn't get the criticism of the Batmobile stuff. It just was what it was. Everybody was crying out for the Batmobile. You're in it within ten minutes. Yes, it's a little bit like a tank thing, and yes, yeah, he's blowing up people that he drives by, but it's just let's just blow the people up. And it was, it was a really good story. It's the only game where I saw the twist coming very quickly, but it didn't matter because it was so well done. Like the, the red hood Arkham Knights stuff. But again, I think because a lot of people probably assumed what was going to happen. Did you know the twist? Did you catch Uh, on? Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of guessed it pretty early on uh, just because I felt like who else could it be? Yeah, that um, was the situation I, I was in. Yeah. Was, there were so many tidbits as well when he was talking to Batman and stuff. Yeah, but again, it was played out very well. Like when yeah. you're seeing the flashbacks of the Joker. That's on, yeah. That's one of the most surprising things. Sorry to cut you off, but that that's oh, fine. That was the same as the crime alley, crime alley kind of scene in Arkham Asylum that just added that weight. I think the moments with Joker. Some of them are so subtle. Like I just remember there was one bit where he's like sat on the edge of a bridge, just swinging his legs while you're kind yeah, of there. just whistling. Yeah. That stuff's amazing. That adds so much to the character in the world and the kind of yeah. emotional feeling you have for the story. And then when you get to the sort of crowbar bit, 
which I've always loved. Like I've always loved that storyline. I think it's again a bold story decision. When they show that in the game, it's absolutely brutal, and you kind of just yeah. think that's that's a heavy kind of moment heavy. to go through. And the way that they do it is exactly the same as Crime Alley, where you sort of just walk across it. So it's, it's yeah. such a good bit. I've jumped way ahead because I didn't talk about the opening of Arc Night, which Sorry. I've done for the other two games. No, it's me. I'm sneaking me, me. But I, it was such a good opening. It was so good. I loved it so much with the scarecrow being back in it. He looks a bit different to what he did in Asylum, but obviously that's fine. But, you know, the town's being evacuated. Do you think how are they going to empty all of Gotham? So it was a clever story telling the first story that wasn't written by Paul Dinney either. It was main just Sefton Hill. And I think it was probably the same person who helped him with Arkham City. Billy. We'll just call them Billy. <laughs> and uh, it's a, uh, it was great. I loved the opening bit. I loved the fact you're controlling, you're controlling a character, a uh, random character, and they're in a cafe. And then all this fear toxin gets released and everyone's going nuts and beating up everyone. I loved the scope of Gotham. Again, the villains. It's nice that some of the older villains from City were back, but they all look aged and, you know, Batman's battered them for like years and years and years and they're at the end of their tether and I guess there was a twist in it with Joker as well, which I didn't, I probably, if I really thought about it, if I'd let myself think about what everything could be, I probably would have got there. But him being a hallucination of the toxin, I thought, because you cremated him at the beginning, didn't you? Which yeah. is also great. Yeah, great that's, that's huge. Great song as well. It was, yeah. uh, what was the song now? Oh, gone away from me. Something. Just real quick as well, the other two writers, so Sefton Hill, Martin Lancaster, and Ian Ball. Oh, there we I go. I don't remember either of those names. So there you go. Oh, you just Props. couldn't let me call them Billy, could you, Nick? No, I was like, I feel really be, bad. We've got to go. Had to be thorough. Got to give them the the credit. But yeah, um, Fair enough. yeah, that opening bit is really good. Don't you? So good. Spit from the perspective of Joker as well. Am I right in thinking that? Are you in the box? You see. No, you. I think. Well, you. You're. It's an overview of Joker. I'm pretty sure. At the time, I think it's just music overplaying it. Right. But I know Jim Gordon is talking, and by then, by now, Jim's Gordon's voice has turned into uh, what's his name from Breaking Bad. Uh, uh, is it Brian Cranston? No, not Brian Cranston. The guy like Gus is like guy who does all the wiping up for him and everything, clearing up for him. Can't remember. We'll just call him Billy. Uh, yeah, I know he. Uh, his his name is he's now uh, Jim Gordon, but it's you know again opens up Batman's like on top of GCPD, I think, and he's overlooking Gotham. And you think, oh my god, like yeah. I'm just gonna dive and hope for the best, and then you're in the Batmobile. It's a really well written story, even with you know working out what's going on. But again, there's a lot of character development. The only criticism I see is about the Batmobile. Um, which I enjoyed. The only thing it did take away is, like I said, a lot of the stealthy stuff you did with Batman because you're out in that open world so much that you missed out on a lot of the stuff that makes... Because even going around Arkham City, you can, you know, you get in these little battles every now and again. It's It feels like it doesn't have, happen as often in Arkham Knight, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I played it a lot. Um, it still holds up now, obviously, just just a few holds up, like it's like 40 years old, but yeah. it's still as great as it was the first time I played it. Like if you give yourself a substantial break in it, it's still as good. Um, I I really, really liked it. I loved, again, the side villains like Firefly and everything like that were fantastic. You? Yeah. Were you, yeah. again, were you in straight away? 
yeah exactly the same i, I was definitely in for it um especially because it was next gen current gen whatever you want to call it um it yeah it was just really smart looked amazing i i agree with the batmobile criticism just because i just got a little bit bored with it it was it was that repetitive gameplay that it was just it was the same kind of thing there wasn't really a lot of kind of dynamic gameplay to no. it, it i like driving smart. around in the batmobile that's what i enjoyed i liked yeah, that, yeah that's i liked fun. i like calling it out of nowhere and letting its skids take out a bad guy on its way to i like jumping yeah. in it yeah and i like driving around the tank bits were a bit tedious sometimes but yeah um but yeah and then the thing that really kind of took me aback a by it is i'm not i'm not a massive one for playing side quests on games i'm very much just give me a narrative like a really good narrative and i'm happy to stick with that side quest for me is sort of as i get nearer the end of the game if i'm really enjoying the game like gameplay and how the story's unfolded then I'll do side quests to sort of learn more and engross myself in the world before I finish it. So I sort of finish on this big ending where I'm like, I've taken everything in now. Yeah. Um, but I generally don't do side quests as I go. There are a few exceptions, and Arkham Knight was one of those where I was just sort of, I want to see how they've done all of these villains. So Fireflies thing was really smart. Man Bat I thought was really cool. Man Bat, by the way, just to say before you move on to your next villain... Yeah. Generally, there was a stage, I was playing it very late. It was very dark. I was on my own. My wife had gone away. And uh, she had actually gone away. I actually, I didn't send her away for the weekend. <laughs> she was going to go away to her mother's. And I said, if you're going to go away, this is the weekend to do it. So it was one of those weekends where I just played this game. Good. But I was quite tired. I'd chosen no sleep over the game. And there's a bit when you're, you're going up to the roof of this building and man bat. Just appears at the top and screams. I screamed. Not only did I scream, <laughs> but I dropped my PlayStation control, which made me jump for a second time. And I was like, I've got to go to bed. <laughs> fucking man, fucking man bat. Out of nowhere. I just didn't expect it at all. Um, yeah, good. yeah, sorry. The next yeah. game. Yeah. See next? Um, yeah, Firefly Man Bat. And the one that genuinely surprised me the most was Professor Pig. Professor Pig. A great addition. Just horrific and like for Very me horrific. like horror for me at its best is um i'm a huge slasher fan so yeah when it's just a normal person with a knife or whatever that normally creeps me out that or the thing but tangent. um i loved i loved professor pig because he was in this little dingy alley thing as well it wasn't like yeah. he was uh, he was a but there's one villain do you have more to say about Professor Pig? Because we can talk about him for ages. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I, I think the character design on him was really impressive and just the way that they... It was so sinister. Like, that's that for me is probably the most sinister part of the whole series is is the pig storyline. Just, yeah. it was uncomfortable and... Yeah, very smart writing on that kind of part. Yeah, just, he's, he's, he's been killing, hasn't he, in... Yeah. He's been taking the body parts, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, pretty horrific. The two villains which I love, one was barely in it, but it was it's such a nice bit was in was in Arkham City, which was Calendar Man. He's just sitting in a cell and then he oh, disappears. Yeah. And you can rejig your PlayStation time so he does some shit. Yeah. Not a shit, some shit. <laughs> but also one that was huge because he's teased in asylum. 
he see him very briefly in City, and then he has a full circle, albeit short. It was hush. Yeah. Um, which was great because yeah. you know you just there's all these tidbits about this copycat Bruce Wayne and you know Batman's doing this stuff and everything, and it's uh, or Tom uh, Bruce Wayne's doing this stuff, but it was uh, it was hush, and it was such yeah. a good again for a Batman fan and stuff like that with all these villains. You know, he, he easily could have been a bad guy on his own. They could have based the whole game. I actually thought when Origins was announced, I thought Hush might be the villain. Um, oh, okay. Before they announced it as Black Mask, because he, he could have his own game, couldn't he? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, they could definitely so, do Hush. Uh, be a villain. Yeah. But I, yeah, I loved Arkham Knight. I loved all the villains. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, is there any more you want to... I mean, we could talk and talk and talk and talk about yeah, it. But, I mean, so much kind of talk about with it, but it is just a really... Again, it's that conclusion to what they what you feel like started in Arkham Asylum. Everything feels natural in terms of a narrative. It feels like, you know, it does feel like the end of the journey, but not necessarily the kind of predictable end. It's sort of going, okay, this makes so much sense for this story. This is how you built it. This is where it feels like you knew that was going the whole time. Um, I think they got a bit of criticism, didn't it? I think. I think so. I never really got it. Like, I really like it. I, I think it's a cool ending. I think, you know, revealing Bruce to the world is just kind of... I mean, that signified... For me, that signified the end. That For me, that was like, they're never going to yeah. do another Arkham game. Yeah, like, you can't. It's done. Yeah. Like, if they just... If he didn't reveal himself, and then Wayne Manor blew up, and you didn't know any more about it, you'd think, like, there's always room for more. But yeah, for me, when he did that, I was like, there's not much you can do once he once people know once obviously joker's finally gone which was awesome as well when you're like uh when you're in joker when you're in batman's mind and you're you're actually joker and you're going around with like a, a gun and everything yeah awesome so yeah I, I thought the ending was was fine yeah I yeah I, yeah i really liked it i think it's it, again it, it's also just one of those things that i feel like with video games you very on occasion get an ending uh to a series because it's always you know, they always we want to make more sequels and whatever. And I feel yeah. like for Bruce Wayne, Batman's journey, fair enough, you can tell other stories set in that universe, which is obviously what they're doing. But you can't really do much more with Bruce Wayne, Batman, because that just feels done. It feels like that's where it's had to end. And it, in some ways, it did do the Dark Knight Rises kind of ending, where it's like sort of faked his death. Yeah. But did he, you know, kind of whatever. Did he? Um, in Arkham Knight, it's way more apparent that he definitely isn't dead. You said it, but because it's the, like the yeah. Nightfall Protocol, isn't it? Because then at the end, there's that weird. I think that's the only bit I didn't like. Like, I would have rather if at the yeah. end the criminals were in the alley and they just saw a figure that looked like Batman. Yeah. Again, every you know, you could interpret it that there was just a figure, and it's just the end of the game is this thing coming towards you. But yeah. it definitely seemed like he set on fire and he came down like a demon. Like, yeah. I would have rather than just be be like something that looked like Batman, you know? Yeah, I always quite like the idea. In my head, I just wrote this ending that I've just always stuck with. But I've always quite liked the idea that that was Azrael at the end, that it was just kind of them saying, like... Didn't, but didn't they... Didn't Azrael get... I'm pretty sure they did finish his arc, but I just yeah. always liked the idea that it's like if anybody was going to take over in that world, I was like... Hasriel. I just think that's a nice idea yeah. and um nice. But yeah, I, I just thought it was really nice. Just a good solid game. So overall, 
as a trilogy slash Arkham Origins goes. We both thoroughly enjoyed pretty much all of it. Other than I had a bit of an issue with Arkham Origins, but you really liked it as well. Yeah. Is there any more you want to say on the series on a whole before we go into the future of the series? Or No, I think I'm, I'm ready to talk future. Future. So, future. 2015 Arkham Knight comes out. Yeah. Day after Arkham Knight comes out, I finished it, probably. And then I'm thinking, what's going to happen next? And then you hear little tidbits from Rocksteady Studios that they're doing a Superman game. Uh, and then there's a little bit that they are going to do a Suicide Squad game because Amanda Waller says at the end of Origins about Suicide Squad and all this stuff. Then Rocksteady Studios go super quiet. Warner Brothers Montreal said they're making a Batman game. The natural assumption is that it's uh, an extension of the Arkham universe, like it's going to be something else. Could be something to do with Nightwing. Could be something to do with... No one's quite sure. The Court of Owls stuff starts happening, and I'm immediately thinking it's... uh, I immediately thought that they're going to extend the Batman story and somehow Batman's going to be involved in the Court of Owls like as Bruce Wayne or there's going to be some link there. And then we get to DC Fandom and they're making, they tell us that they're going to do an announcement for Warner Brothers Montreal and an announcement for Rocksteady Studios. Did you, did you think the Rocksteady Studios would be a Batman game? Were you, did you, did you think that was a no-go because Warner Brothers Montreal were doing it? Did you think either of them would actually be a proper Batman game, like Bruce Wayne as Batman? No, I didn't think either would be Batman. I felt like Warner Brothers Montreal especially wouldn't be Batman because they did Origins, and I feel like there isn't a lot else they could do with Batman, kind of early Batman, and I don't think they'd think ever a, touch on post I think a prequel, a prequel would have been the wrong move, I think. Cause yeah. What, yeah. yeah, I think it's good that they did something else. And then Rocksteady, I didn't think they'd do it just because, again, it, it was the fact that Arkham Knight just feels definitive that, it's, that yeah. that's Bruce's story. My only kind of thought was like if they did a Batman game that it would be somebody else under the, the cowl. Um, yeah. Which I just thought would be bold, but also who do you do and, and how do you do it kind of thing. How do you go with it? Yeah. Then you and I text each other just a few days before DC Fandom because they released a poster Rocksteady did and it was announced it was going to be Suicide Squad and it looks like Superman's involved. He's got these weird things going on with the eyes and then just after that they announced that Suicide Squad kills the Justice League which is a pretty great title. Um, great title. And again already I'm thinking like it must just be you're probably going to be one character in the Suicide Squad maybe. I don't know who it would be because City already had Deadshot in it and yep. you know I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. And then, bam, DC fandom. Warner Brothers Montreal Montreal announced Gotham Knights, which is strange because the trailer itself, so I was watching it sitting next to my wife and she she cares in her own way about what I care about with these things. But I was like, oh my God, it's it's a continuation of the Arkhamverse. So in my head already, I was like, right, Rocksteady, uh, the Suicide Squad game is probably nothing to do with the Arkham this but this is because bruce wayne is dead he dies the trailer's like bam bruce wayne i died you know this is happening and then during the trailer very quickly you see that it's almost it is completely different world because it's a everyone looks different red hood is like bobbing around like nothing's ever happened in his life um batgirl batgirl is you know walking um where she was paralyzed in the she had a dlc before she was shot by joker yeah. And then she's going around. And it's it's a completely different they they kind of touched upon it afterwards. It's not set in the Arkham universe, it's its own game. 
Batman is gone, but you are Batgirl, Red Hood, Nightwing, or Robin, and you're trying to be the next Batman, basically. What, what were your thoughts on it? The trailer, the gameplay, if you saw it? Are you yeah. excited? Um, so the, the bit that actually clinched it for me where I realised that it wasn't actually... I don't know why I didn't think about the Barbara thing, but the bit where I was like, oh, okay, this definitely isn't uh, the same as the Arkham series. It was when they said that Jim Gordon was dead. And I was like, oh. Yes, but I did think that. And I was like, did Jim okay. Gordon die in, in Arkham Knight? And then I thought, he's uh, died yeah. in something. He's died in something recently. But Yeah, I think he's still alive in the Arkham Knight world because I'm pretty sure he's there at the end. Like He does the little speech and he stood next to the um, signal in Arkham Knight. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And, then yeah, of course think, and then he gets a text of Tim Drake that's like, did you remember to bring it? And you get the impression that it's like Tim Drake's proposing. Uh, I, I, know, I, know, I know where he died, but... Anyway, just in case, okay. I won't say anything. But, um, say anything. but yeah, so I was like, okay, um, so it's definitely a different world. All for a plotline where Batman's dead and you have a Gotham that's in chaos post that. Interesting yeah. to add to the mix that Gordon's dead as well because then it really is who's looking yeah, after Gotham. Right. You give it these guys, that's cool. Cool to see freezes in it. Gameplay looked fun. I'm really disappointed there's no local co-op. Like, I'm a huge local co-op fan. Um, and I can understand why, because it is difficult to do local co-op games, but bring it back. Um, bring it back. But we could play it, Nick. This is true, we can. Two uh, different countries. Yeah, join together. Um, and then when the Court of Owls bit came on at the end of the trailer, that's what got me excited, just because, you know, yeah. huge Scott Snyder fan. and Exactly, me as well. That I, I was a little... I was a little bit underwhelmed with the uh, like the initial trailer. All they're like, they've all got their own colours, and I was just like, "Yeah, okay, like this isn't really doing for me. It's not in the Arkhamverse." Like, yeah, I'm a bit confused about everything. I started watching the gameplay, and I thought it looks obviously it looks very similar. But I thought it also obviously it's very it's still quite early on, but it looks a bit clunky. But fine. But the quarter hours bit, and the fact that Scott Snyder, big deal to Nick and I. Yep. He actually was uh, roped in by Warner Brothers Montreal to actually uh, to go over uh, the script and everything. Yeah, huge. Sold. I'm in. Like, uh, I'm not going to get as hyped yet about the Arkham games, but I'll tell you now. Talk to me in in another few months, and I'll be I'll be invested. I'll be ordering yeah. that special edition. But now I, I've turned. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I, I wasn't quite on board. But the more I've watched about it, the more I've read about it. They've been very upfront with their interviews post DC fandom when they've been like, yes, this is what we're doing. This is how it works. Yes, there were little Easter eggs in there. So like, so people, we hope people wouldn't work out straight away, but they have like, great. And the fact that Court of Owls weren't really touched upon it in the gameplay trailer as well. It's just that, again, if we talk about trailers, that bit itself looked really good. Like if they just, if they had teased that to me before I'd actually seen what Gotham Knights really was, I think I would have, been really excited yeah um, and, and i think as well like i definitely don't when that court vowels bit got attached onto the end as the the kind of stinger i definitely thought batman isn't going to be dead yeah. i think he's just going to fake his death to take on the court of vowels knowing that storyline you kind of like it just makes sense whether or not you play as batman don't know but i definitely think that's the storyline that they've gone with just because the court of vowels are so you know, secretive and so built into Gotham that really the only way Bruce can take him on is I'll fake my death so they don't think I'm coming for him. Maybe, maybe, 
Warner Bros. Montreal have seen Naughty Dog and they're like, right, we're going to do the opposite because people are angry that they're not going to play as Batman, right? So yeah. people will play Gotham Knights and then bam, you'll play as Batman at the end and everyone will be really happy in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I think it looks but, really cool. I think that the only thing that sort of didn't grab me was just, I know the gameplay was pre-alpha, but the gameplay, there wasn't a section of it where I was like, oh, okay, this looks really cool. But it just looked yeah. like Arkham. It just looked like the same thing, which, as I said, the combat in Arkham is amazing. So I wouldn't expect a lot to change there. But given that you're playing as four characters with different uh, abilities, the way that they move seems very similar. Um, I think I think it looked a bit like... Um... You know, there are these, just looked like there were too many special effects. Like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure at one point Robin teleported and they said it was this new yeah, technology yeah. from, uh, I don't know, from Star Labs or something. I was like, what the fuck's yeah. he teleporting for? Yeah. But, uh, and, but, and tell you what, the voice casting, I'm not, I mean, I do care about the voice casting, but it didn't work for me at all. The person who did Batgirl, the person who did Robin's voice, I was, oh, it doesn't sound like, uh, just doesn't sound as, dark as i would like it to be yeah um yeah. but looks good i'm excited about it i will definitely be keeping an eye on what happens with it and i'm yep. 2021 that's out so we're you know Close. we've been waiting around now for a few years for the next batman game yeah which brings me to my biggest annoyance about the whole thing this whole thing which brings me on to suicide squad uh, kills the justice league i cannot believe that it's not out till 2022 like that for me it's just like like, come on, like you've had, like, and it's only for PlayStation 5 as well. So, which I understand they're really working hard and obviously they're trying to make this absolutely monster of a game. But Jesus Christ, like, I'm not yeah. going to make it to 2022. I kind of thought about it, but I was, uh, the, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that is quite far away. But then I also kind of thought, you don't want two Batman games launching in the same year. No, and I guess, you so know, I, I guess, that I guess well. it's like you swap they're it. Trying to be, they're trying to be sensible and stuff like yeah. in that terms of release. But, it just feel, and I, we're in it. We're definitely in a place now where games get delayed. Like you know, we've said about Avengers, but it still doesn't look that polished. Yeah, yeah, it's out this week, but they already had delayed it. So what would it have been like if they released it when it was supposed to? Yeah. Cyberpunk's been delayed. Last of Us Two was delayed, albeit just because of the coronavirus thing. But oh no, it wasn't actually. It was delayed twice, there wasn't are, it? Yeah, there was a couple of delays on it. But yeah, so a couple of delays. The last but, one, you know, coronavirus. Cool. They could just think. You know, I'm trying to give them a little bit of credit here and think that they could just thought. Right, if we release this summer 2021, we're probably going to end up saying it's delayed until 2022. So let's just get it right first time. I will ever be very pissed off if we get to 2022 and they're like, right, we will now delay this. I'll be like, no, you've had long enough Rocksteady Studios. Um, I have some inside people that I can talk to. Not anymore. I did. Um, but uh, yeah, but overall though, I, I thought it came off. I think the trailer came off very well. It was a shame there was no gameplay, but again, if they're not ready to show it, they're not ready to show it. But I, I loved the idea. I love the idea that Brainiac has taken over Superman and stuff like that. I love the characters they chose: Killer Shark, Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn, Deadshot. There's already a lot of stuff going on saying that Deadshot has been like recast in the game because he's, I think he's completely different in Arkham City. But you know, she's got to just got to get on with it i guess i mean it yeah. could be it could be a different completely different dead shot like that yeah. dead shot could have been killed i think i think they'll tie up that loose end because it is set in the arkham universe they've said so i think they'll tie that up it sounds like it's the same voice actress for harley quinn 
Yeah. Um, I know that Killer Shark is voiced by Samoa Joe of uh, wrestling fame. Cool. Uh, Jay Banner, which is pretty cool. But I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I'm annoyed that I have to wait, but I'm really excited about this. And I think they've gone the right way because I think Superman would have been a really hard game to make, um, even after something like Spider Man, where you know everyone was worried about how he would swing through New York and stuff. And yes, you could fly as Superman and everything, but I think this is a better way to maybe get there eventually. But it's pretty fun, isn't it? Like Suicide Squad sounds. Sounds pretty fun on paper. Again, it's co-op as well. Like you and I could play it yep. uh, together if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle about it. I don't know. I like the idea of a Suicide Squad game, and I love the the characters they've chosen. I think they're really cool. I hope the gameplay isn't as colourful as the trailer pitched it to be, because it was a little bit too. I don't know. Well, it, just, it looks a bit like Sunset Overdrive, everyone says. Uh, like yeah, a bit Sunset bright, Overdrive, a bit Fortnite bright. kind of. I, just, I, th- I think it'll be darker. I do think it'll be darker, but I think for, yeah. for Rockstar Studios, they've made three pitch black games now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they were like, here's an opportunity to have some daylight in the world. But yeah. I, I, mean, I would yeah. be very surprised if it was daylight most of the time. Most of the time, I think yeah. A I mean, like, obviously, the, I assume the setting of it is Metropolis because that's where they're at in the trailer. Um, yeah, I think I think so. I've not heard which, any different, but being Metropolis yeah. definitely a big part. Which is obviously just a lighter place than Gotham, anyway. But I just, it was the combat that it was just. It looked a little bit too lighthearted. I wanted to do something that was a bit more like rough and tough kind of hits, whereas it looked a little like party esque. And that was they, sort they of. Could, a, I mean, they could. I mean, start. I mean, the Flash comics and stuff—they're quite dark, generally nighttime yeah. comics. But obviously, if it's the Justice League, you've got to think that you're going to be challenged with facing Flash and you'll have to, he'll be a villain in it where his speed is the issue. So you'll probably have to go to, um, what's it called? Central, where's he, City. Where's he live? Central City. You know, it depends what characters they pick really, but you've got Green Arrow yeah. probably will be in there. Wonder Woman, Superman. So I, I think the trailer, my, my thought is that it will be darker tone and look to it, but I immediately was a little bit put off by how bright it was and colourful yeah. it was because it looked, uh, you know, with the aliens as well, with like purple blood and yeah. stuff like that. I thought it was funny though. I laughed actually. Um, yeah, I laughed at the yeah. end when Captain Boomerang throws his boomerang and he blames he blames uh, he blames uh, King Shark. Yeah, it's definitely quirky. I just I'd like to a I want to see some gameplay just to see how it really functions, and b I hope it is darker than what they've kind of pitched it as. And then I think the only other thing I'm really curious about is because it is set in the Arkham universe. Are they saying it's post? Or are they saying... I think it is. Harley Quinn for me is the... I I generally think she's got nothing else going on in her life. So she's just getting on with it with doing this Suicide Squad stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. I think anyway, but I... Because then my thought is just how do you... Like, they have to address Batman. Like, key member of Justice League. Um, So how do you then address the lack of Batman? Or, you know, has something happened that somebody else has replaced him or whatever? Not saying that he has to be in it, but I feel like if you're doing kills the Justice League, you need to address it somehow and say, you know, these are the members and this is why, because whatever. Um, I would would really think there's going to be 
I think there'll be heavy Batman ties in there. I think he'll be like, uh, you know, like he'll be a statue. Like I imagine like you see the Hall of Justice and he's a statue outside it. And yeah. you know, they remember him. I, I think there'll be a bit of me as well that thinks you'll end up back in Gotham for something. I don't know what, like suddenly Batman's done like a protocol he's put in place or something or, and that, that's what interests me more than anything. Cause they've said like, it's like heavily related to the Arkham universe. So, you know, the only tie in that whole thing is, is Harley Quinn and a, a different Deadshot. There's no Killer Shark or anything. I think there is men- there is mentions of Metropolis around Arkham and stuff. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, yeah. Something about Superman, maybe at one point, or definitely Lex Luthor is uh, is there. Mentioned. But I, yeah. I think uh, I think it'll be one of those games as well where there's a twist in it, and it, it somehow you end up back in the Arkham Arkham universe. I I mean, for me, I think after this, they would probably have to think about trying something else other than superhero games, although that's what they're very good at. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where this goes for them. Like, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're looking at Suicide Squad trilogy or, or not. Yeah. I don't I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think the other thing I'm curious about is just whether they take a bold choice with it and kill off one of the Suicide Squad. Like, I, I feel like as a storytelling point of view, if you have those four playable characters, if you kill off one of them, because it is the Suicide Squad, unless there's loads at the start, in which case it's like, you know, there's like eight or nine members of the Suicide Squad and then some of them die. I feel like you have to have that scenario in a squad game somewhere. Yeah, well, one of those. I mean, see, probably, I mean, Harley Quinn and Deadshot, I think, are going to be the two leads in it by yeah. what I think as well. I think Killer Shark is probably a bit expandable and uh, Captain Boomerang as well, maybe. But there'll definitely be people going to die. Yeah. just don't know who. Yeah, which I think is the exciting thing about it is that I think from a storytelling point of view, knowing that they've made bold choices with the Arkham game, they could then make bold choices with the squad game, like even bolder just because it's, you know, naturally those kind of characters are expendable um, yeah. or some of them are. And I think that that's the interesting side of it. That's the side that I'm going, Oh, okay. You could actually write something or craft something that is darker in nature. And I don't know, like if that's what they did, if, if they presented a game that is really colorful and bright, but then, you know, you get halfway through it or to the final act and then it starts to get really dark storytelling wise that I'm absolutely fine with because it's you're selling on one thing, but you're presenting another, which I think, you know, from a storytelling point of view is it's always quite smart that you kind of go, you know, you think you're going to get this, but actually what I'm giving you is this. Um, yeah. I, I think that's kind of what I'd hope it is if they continue down the, the, the kind of light path. I just really hope it's not a sort of party co-op. Let's go beat up some people and kill the justice league hoo-ha kind of thing because i just feel like yeah. might... i'd be disappointed if it was that as well I, I definitely got that vibe like the when they're all going around doing their killings and stuff like but yeah and i've read I... that you obviously you can do co-op and stuff but it's more of a solo game but i again i'd hope that it's like right this is harley quinn's part of the story you know she's gonna go and do this and they they could be a bit like you know last of us two in a way not yeah. not as there's two of you doing different things basically yeah. um I'm excited. I just, I think they'll set it out early because I think they're going to lose people if it is bright and colourful and it is, it looks like something they're not used to from the Arkham and Rocksteady Studios. I think they'll probably lose people in a way. Yeah, I'm torn on it because I I do feel like if they pitched it as like a fun kind of four-player co-op romp, I feel like there would be a lot of gamers that would buy into it, especially kind of that Fortnite community. I, I feel like you'd pick up so many of those kind of I play online with all my mates and I'm looking to just play as superheroes and just kick ass. 
but I think, I, I or I hope anyway, they've got more allegiance to what the Arkham series is, that it's this storytelling, these characters that they built up for however many years, uh, there's a real care for the craft uh, and not just kind of, we want to create a game that's going to pull a load of new gamers into it and create this kind of fun party shenanigans. Um, yeah. I agree. I hope I got. I hope it doesn't go the Fortnite way. Yeah. Pray to God, Nick. Yeah. Um, any hope? Cool. Well, I think that covers uh, everything. Yeah, I think that's good. In our converse, we could talk and talk, like I said, but yeah. Uh, good. Well, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited about the future of Rocksteady Studios, and okay, props to Warner Brothers Module for their uh, Court of Owls uh, side yeah. of things. I'm so uh, looking forward to. It. Like you said, it's nice that there's one in 2021 and one in 2022. So good, uh, good that they're spread out a little bit. Um, yeah. Gives me time to save for a PlayStation 5. Yeah. More. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the next podcast, we are going to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. So a fantastic film. So if you're a Spider-Man fan and you enjoy that film, then you can uh, join us next time for our next podcast. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot, Nick. Thanks to you, dude. All right. Take it easy. Catch you there. Bye. Bye, everyone.